0: Welcome to SEC Primetime. I'm your host, Max Starks. I'm joined, of course, by the famous one, Clint Sterner, and of course, presented by our partners at Bet River Sportsbook. We have a great show for you. We're going to give you the recaps, the good, the bad, the extremely ugly, but that's what it is in the SEC. That's what week one is all about. It's about turning slop into fine cuisine. That's what we're going to try and do for some of these programs. The other ones, I'm sorry, you're in the trough, but I can't complain. But, Clint, let's just dive right in.
1: Week one initial reaction of what you thought of the SEC. Well, I mean, you got to start with the two big wins versus the ACC, right? Bama uh, beats up on, on Miami and, and Georgia. I mean, they win a nail-biter versus Clemson. So I, I, think, I think it starts with those two right there. Um, very, very impressive W's from both organizations, both programs. Um, you, you know, I had a lot of questions about Alabama, in particular on the offensive side of the football. They lost a ton of talent, uh, high-end talent, and they lost their offensive coordinator and Steve Sarkeesian when he went to University of Texas. So I looked at that and said, okay, Bill O'Brien is the play call. He's the one dotting the T's and – cross. I mean, dot, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, and – it's going to be interesting. I watched him struggle offensively here in Houston for three years covering him with the Texans. It was going to be very interesting how he fit in at Alabama. And, Max, I know you and I talked about this, and, and I found it very difficult to believe. Uh, and we're going to have a two-time SEC Coach of the Year, Houston Nutt, on with us here in, in a, a couple of minutes, and maybe he can answer the question. But I still find it very difficult to understand how Bill O'Brien went into Alabama – and somehow learned their offense as an offensive play caller and then went out there and called a game that appeared to be no different than what we've seen from Alabama in the past. So I don't know how that worked out. I've never seen – I didn't know Saban had an offense, Max. I thought he was a defensive-minded guy. Um, But that was really impressive in Alabama with Bryce Young, the kid's worth the the, the millions of dollars that he's already made as as a college quarterback. And uh, and then what Georgia did, man, you can't say enough about, um, you know, the the defense in particular in Georgia. But what an old school, uh, just defensive um, football game that was that was really fun to watch. It was a nail biter, and Georgia came out on top. So the two powers that be in the SEC, Max, they're the two powers that be in the SEC.
0: Well, I think when you look at it, you know, you have you have to say that. Bill O'Brien came in and he, he got Coach Klein's playbook, <laughs> you know, from the water <laughs> boy, right? That's Saber right. He came in and said, hey, Bill, how you doing? Hey, listen, <laughs> take this, study it, do it, or else you're gone. And, you know, I, I think that's what, <laughs> so <Saber's laughs> offense is probably a
1: collection of those things. <laughs> Max, Max, I, I, I'm i literally being told that, that Bill O'Brien went in there trying to do his thing and Saban said, whoa, whoa, whoa pump your brakes, kiddo. You're going to do <laughs> things my way. You got, I, I know you're bringing your buddy in, uh, the offensive line coach that used to be the head coach at Jacksonville. I know it. But what I'm being told is that Nick Saban said, whoa, here's what you're going to do. Here's the offense that you're going to run, and we're not going to change one thing. This is Coach Rehab 101. You fit in, you don't run things. And I don't know about you, Max, but that's the damnedest thing I've ever heard at the college or pro level. For a, a former head coach in the NFL to do that, I mean, but the proof's in the pudding. We watched the game, man. That, that, was, that was Bama's offense with Tua. That was Bama's offense with Mac Jones. That was Bama's offense, not Bill O'Brien's. So, for what it's worth, I salute Bill O'Brien for fitting in and, and calling a good first game.
0: Yeah, well, I I think when you look at this, right, Saban is the home of disavowed coaches. But I think he also, you know, recognizes that, you know, if I have a formula, especially a championship formula, why am I going to bring you in to change said formula, especially when I've seen your formula did not work at your previous stop? You know, you look at that and you say, okay, It's different where Sark was still okay offensively, but it just didn't fit, right? And you bring him in. Lane Kiffin, he couldn't handle managerial duties um, as a head coach at the time, but he was a gifted offensive mind. You bring him in. But Bill O'Brien, you were the head guy. It didn't work out. You're taking a demotion, and you're coming into a well-oiled machine. I don't need your part to be made out of anything special. I don't need it to have any extra responsibilities. I just need to fit into the cogwheel, right? So everything keeps churning. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. But I think also it's going to ultimately help Bill O'Brien oh, when yeah. he takes his next leap because you see what NFL talent looks like at this level. And Nick Saban's not trying to mess with that. So I look at that and I say kudos for shot because we were being kind by saying they beat up on Miami. They absolutely blew the doors off of them like their mascot, the hurricane. You know what I'm saying? Like, like That's it, was, right. it was from the set from when they said go, that whistle blew and that ball got kicked off. It was like, hey, this is our spring game, except for we brought in a JV squad. That's how they treated <laughs> Miami down there. And it was it was crazy to watch. But like you said, let's move on, let's talk about Georgia Clemson. Now we had our moments. We talked about why we think this is going to be a great matchup. It's going to be tight. It proved to be that. But what George's defense was—did we did we not anticipate enough about the effect of what George's defense could be? Did we downplay it because we were thinking about JT Daniels? We're thinking about this offense being great, and did we kind of downplay what this defense? Because this defense made Clemson look pedestrian at best. Yep. DJ Ui looked looked confused. He looked like a first-time starting quarterback, not a guy who went to the hilt with Notre Dame and also won a game for them. He looked very pedestrian. I mean, how good is this defense? But also, what about the offense?
1: Ui ungalale. Ui ungalale. Uy- okay, I got it now. I got you. I, <laughs> yeah, that, there that, we that go. Yeah. <laughs> That one's beat me up a few times. See how coachable I am, Max? Come on, man! Oh, I need a good there coach. It is. Good um, quarterback. Yeah, you know, hey, <laughs> I, I think I, I think we probably undervalued the uh, you know how good Georgia is defensively. I don't know why the hell we would do that with Kirby Smart. The one thing we know they're going to do is play good defense, but they played really, really great defense, and then made the one play that was a difference in the football game. But I tell you what else we did. I I, I know idea. I don't want to speak for you, Max. You're bigger than me. I don't want to get slapped around. But there, I'm going to tell you, man. There's when we heard the comments from, I think it was, I think it was Dabo Sweeney and maybe the offensive coordinator at Clemson, but but it was somebody with the Clemson organization, Clemson program, when they talked about DJ being able to, to make, uh, um, uh, uh, golly, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, look average. You know, I think you hear that and then you look at the build and you know he can run and you know he can do all these things and he's surrounded by great talent. And all of a sudden, we think this kid's supposed to just step in like Bryce Young did at Alabama. And, and go do major things against Kirby Smart, one of the best defensive minds we've ever seen in college football. And so I, we probably – we, we, didn't, we didn't give Georgia's defense enough credit, and we probably gave the quarterback for Clemson – see, I can't say his name again. I've already forgot. But we probably gave him <laughs> – <laughs> We probably gave him too much credit way too soon because what Bryce Young did, what Mac Jones did – how quickly Tua jumped on the scene, what we saw uh, uh, Deshaun Watson do and Trevor Lawrence do at Clemson, those things don't happen every single day. And so we probably shouldn't have placed those expectations on DJ. But we'll see. You know, moving forward, Clemson's got to – got to beat everybody by by double digits moving forward. they got to beat everybody by three touchdowns moving forward or they're going to have a hard time getting the college football playoffs. So we're going to see what they're about. And you know with the SEC slate, we're going to see what Georgia's about.
0: Well, yeah, and most definitely, I mean, you think about this, what helps Clemson out is the fact that they don't have Miami on this, or maybe it, maybe it could help them out, I mean, if you have Miami <laughs> after what we saw. But they don't see Miami th- this season. So if they saw Miami, it would be in a championship setting. Um, you know, North Carolina obviously surprisingly took, took, took a step back in their game as well. So it's going to be interesting to see Clemson. But you're right, Georgia, this was the first of about three tests for them that they were going to face with their, um, with their schedule. But I think one of the interesting things, I don't know if you heard Kirby smarts uh, presser talking about how, you know, obviously Christopher Allen, they're going to probably lose him. The offensive lineman Uh, they're dealing with their highest COVID numbers um, to deal with attrition wise. I mean, that's really going to be one of the, the, the kind of overarching things for all of college football, but you know, Kirby came in and kind of hit a doom and gloom in his press conference. I mean, is, it, you know, that's something that I know we're going to have to keep an eye on. We're going to have to constantly watch um, is COVID. It's not just the injury report, right? It's the, it's the yeah. COVID report that comes after the injury report. It's the new injury report. Um, you know, just looking at that, I mean, what could derail Georgia um, worse? Do you think it would be having those COVID diagnoses? Because as I look at their schedule, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to see – their challenges without saying oh my gosh you know this is going to be tough because they got UAB um this week coming up then of course you go South Carolina and Vandy and then they'll then then they'll see uh your good old Razorbacks after that but I mean this slate is not tough for Georgia I mean how do you see that kind of working itself out as we as we progress just a couple weeks we're not
1: going to go full crystal ball here I mean, Max. Let's be honest, man. I mean, for Georgia, it's it's about prepping for those three or four games on your schedule, including the SEC championship. I mean, that's that's where they're at as a program, and and I think the one thing that they've really got to hone in on is is obviously their firepower on offense. I mean, you know, we we talk a lot about J.T. Daniels and what he's capable of doing because he jumped on the scene last year. Really good player. I'm a big fan. Um, we, you know, I talked last week about his his ceiling being a a little bit higher um, than uh, what's my man's name that graduated from Georgia, Jake Fromm. Um, oh, Fromm you know, I think his yeah. ceiling's a little bit higher, so I think the offense's ceiling's a little bit higher. But reality, what the reality is, is man, I don't care if they're playing Clemson when you're when you're one of the top ten programs in America and you go out in the first game and you score three points in, in today's game, that ain't it, man. And so I, you know, I, I think that I think that they've got to really use the next few games to figure out. Offensively, what they're going to do, what they're going to look like, iron out some of the wrinkles that caused problems last week. Obviously, COVID is going to be an issue. It's going to be a competitive advantage for guys like, for programs like Nick Saban. He's going to find a way to keep his guys in a bubble and 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 make sure that COVID doesn't become a problem there. Kind of like Tom Brady's going to do with the Buccaneers and 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 the championship caliber football teams do. Um, so, you know, he'll get that thing figured out in Georgia as far as the COVID goes. They'll be able to navigate it. Cause like you said, there's a couple of light weeks here coming up. But I think the biggest ticket is, man, if you're gonna beat Alabama, um, if you're going I think Florida down the stretch, I think they gotta make a move at quarterback, but Florida down the stretch is gonna be, they're gonna be able to put up some points. Um, you're gonna beat those caliber teams, man. You're gonna have to score more than three points, boss.
0: Well, no, no, no doubt about it. And I think we we saw how detrimental it could be not having those receivers available to you. Right. And really relying on the run game. And of course, this is one of one of the most stout parts that we saw with Clemson and they did a great job, right? They answered the bill and really passing was an issue for both teams in this contest. So you wonder, can that bugaboo kind of get shaded as they get guys healthier? Can it open up this offense for JT Daniels and allow him more latitude? But, um, you know, looking at some of the other games to jump into this, one's going to be getting into the deep end immediately LSU, man. I mean, (laughs) yes, you, yes, you and I talked about it on Twitter, but, but I mean, God, this LSU squad. I mean, it was, and it wasn't so much that they lost to UCLA. It was about how they lost to UCLA. Um, They just look like the least physical team. And when we think of LSU, right, you usually hang your hat on the fact that LSU is a more physical team. They might not be the most talented, but they're going to be the toughest and they're going to be the fastest. They're just going to do things really tough and wrong or really fast and wrong. And we didn't see
1: either one of those things really in this game. Yeah. Look, I I mean, I told, we, we talked about it last week. This is an LSU that I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I'm used to um, I mean from the days when hell when I was playing the SEC, like I mean hell, there was one year where I think they won two or three games and I think they beat us the last game of the season to win that second or third game. They weren't a very good football team, but I tell you what they were. they showed up and they would bite your ass. That's for sure. I mean, there's there no doubt about it. They had horses inside on the offensive line. They, I mean they on the defensive line, they were dogs and they would find a way. I remember one year Herb Tyler, Herb Tyler, uh, was the quarterback, and he went out. And what, what's what's my man's name that played in New England? I, he won a suit for the running back, Kevin Falk. Oh, Kevin yeah, Falk, Falk yeah. But Max, Kevin Falk came they, – they, LSU came to Little Rock that year, and Kevin Falk played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. <laughs> they found a way – now, we ended up beating them, but they found a way to ground and pound and to play to their strengths of of being bigger and more physical up front on both sides of the ball. And it was an absolute dogfight with it really one-man show. I don't know this LSU, man. I don't know the LSU that gets that gets outrushed. Check this out. They got outrushed. UCLA rushed for 150 plus. I think it was 159 to be exact, but 150 plus yards more than LSU did. Now, whether we're talking about LSU's offense not producing, or we're talking about LSU's defense giving up more than they than they should. And, and I don't even care if it's Chip Kelly team. I don't care who they were playing. That in itself. Explains exactly my point to you last week is I don't know this LSU team. I don't know how to couch them. I don't know what they're capable of. Um, and, and look, I'll be honest with you, with that little that little smart mouth comment that uh, that my man Ed Orgeron said. I'm a big Ed Orgeron fan, but that comment that's gone viral, that sissy blue comment that UCLA took and made it their banner on on uh, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Hey, those kind of things happening, coupled with not winning ball games. He's going to be on the hot seat after that Kentucky game. Week six, hot seat, Eddie O, after the Kentucky game. Mark it. Book it, Max. Yeah. Well,
0: Clint, I I think that's a pretty uh, prominent statement. Um, I do want to put a pause here and, of course, get into the next topic. And I think there's nobody better to come in and give us that next topic than, of course, one – Coach, former coach that you know very well, Mr. Houston Nutt. Um, he's gonna be joining the broadcast here. And we're we're gonna hit the old ball coach and pepper pepper him with some questions and uh and see what Ooh. we can make of this SEC salad. Uh see if we can make a cob or maybe, you know, maybe maybe those little you know the strawberry with the with the goat cheese, you know, those fancy ones with the with the spring That's
1: right. greens. <laughs> That's right. Hey look the, the one thing I love about H man is is you go you're gonna be entertained. And he's going to shoot you straight. And we, we got – look, here's the deal. This early in the season, Max, we got a ton of, of really coach questions. How do you handle quarterbacks? How do you handle the first, uh, a, a loss the first week to a non-conference power in the Pac-12? How do you handle certain things as a, as a head coach? There's a lot of that going on right now in the SEC, so I'm anxious to get his, his, uh, his take on, on those particular things. It's going to be fun.
0: Well, we got a treat for you. We got a conversation coming up with Coach Houston Nutt, obviously a famous Razorback coach, and he is not going to hold back when we talk to him. But before we get into that, I just want to let you guys know about Field of 12 Media, a brand-new podcast and digital media network covering college football by the people that know it best. Brought to you by Shooter Shot Productions, the folks behind the Field of 68, the Field of 12 gives you insight into the game we all love by the people who have lived it. Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty covering the Big Twelve. Joshua Perry and Christian Hackenberg are covering the Big Ten. Yogi Roth and Ted Robinson own the Pac-12. We have Harry Douglas and Cody Sensible on the ACC side of things. And of course, we'll be here every week to be your go-to source for everything SEC. Check the links below to find the rest of our shows. The Field of Twelve, where college football happens. Well, as promised, we now have great member of the sec media a great former head coach clint clint knows him i know coach nutt as well so we welcome coach houston nutt in here coach nutt thank you for joining us here on sec prime time clinton max and uh we got to hit you with some questions coach we got we got we got to hit you with questions but first how are you doing today man i'm doing great I'm glad to be on the show with you guys all right, Coach. Well, we're going to jump right into the deep end real fast. We're, we're going to go right hot and heavy. Who's the biggest threat to Bama? Just anybody. You don't, you don't even have to be SEC. Who is the biggest threat outside of New England or Tampa Bay? <laughs> <to the actual laughs> the That's about
2: right, man. That's about right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably say Georgia right now. I look at Georgia's front seven. I think they're so athletic. I think they got a great defense. I'm still interested to see how the offense comes along, JT Daniels and the guys and uh, how many weapons he's going to have to go along with him as a supporting cast. But I tell you, when you look down the list, to me, it's Alabama and everybody else. There's a there's a big time separation right now.
1: Coach, what what about over in the East? You talked about uh, Georgia, obviously, with a big time performance against Clemson. Big-time win out of the gate. I mean, if they wouldn't have won that game, they'd have had to run the table and win the SEC championship to get into college football playoffs, I believe. Uh, That was a big-time win by Georgia. But who in that East – and I know it's early, man. I know we've only seen one round of games. But who in that East is a team that you could see uh, pushing Georgia for for that particular division title to get to the SEC championship? You
2: know, Clint, uh, I would probably say – Florida right now uh, because they're the only ones to me that have, they have some athletes. I think if you watch that second team quarterback, he came in and did some things. I think there's going to be some move uh, moves going to be made right there. Emory Jones. I know he, everybody has a lot of expectations for him, but I'll tell you there's something about that guy that came in and did some things. Um, but I, I expect Florida continue to get better. There's athletes on both sides of the ball, but man, there's just such a separation
1: right now. Coach, you you brought up you brought up that uh, Anthony Anthony Richardson is the backup quarterback. Who, by the way, is wearing Tebow's bow's number. He changed to Tebow's number. Pretty pretty gutsy move, right there by the big fella. I watched that <laughs> yeah. game again last night, Coach, and, and I, I don't think there's any doubt that at Florida, Anthony Richardson. I think his his style of play. I think it plays in the SEC versus the big boys better than Emory Jones. You've been a coach. You've had quarterback controversies. They play Alabama in two weeks, coach. They got a cupcake next week, and then they play Alabama. How do you handle that quarterback uh, situation if you're Dan Mullins? Do you wait? Do you keep splitting reps? Or do you go ahead and make the move with the young fella, the young bull that gives you a chance to win games and ultimately could give you a chance to win a game uh, versus Bama down the stretch?
2: Great question. Uh, Clint, i tell you what, I think you got to go. I think you got to make that move. I think you got to to make the decision. And Dan Mullen, of course, is kind of known as this quarterback whisper. And so I just feel like I don't know. I'm outside looking in. I feel like they'll make that move real, real quick. And I think you have to move him in there, and get reps. Now again, that's not saying Emory Jones. Hey, we're just going to discard him right now. But as you as you mentioned, the 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 way he does the RPOs, the the mixing of run, read zone, pass. I tell you. Anthony, he looked pretty sharp and looks like to me he, he will have the upper hand. But he'll need those reps because, as you mentioned, there's two weeks. There's two weeks left. So I'll look for him to make that move.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Trust me. As, as a proud Florida Gator, I'm sitting there and I'm torn <laughs> in between, right, you know, the efficiency and passing of Emory. But yet, at the same time, Anthony Richardson brings some some dynamic gameplay. Uh, that That 73-yard rush, <laughs> I was like,
1: Wowzers! I was right, like, that exactly. Gave me, that Max. gave
0: me Kyler Murray feels.
1: Max, my man, put up. My, I looked at the box score and he said one sixty. I had to go back and watch the <laughs> second half. I one sixty on the ground. Seven rushes. Seven Coach. rushes, though. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, there's a difference between one sixty and guys nipping at your heels, and one sixty when and you're separating as you cross the goal line. I'm gonna tell right. you, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I mean, he he's gonna be a he's gonna be a beast in the SEC moving forward over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, no, he he he, no he gave a lot. He,
1: yeah, he gave a lot of defensive coordinator some headaches,
0: and and now new game plans to institute against Florida. But coach, here's the other thing I want to dive into because obviously we had a, a number of other games and surprises. Um, who is your Cinderella in, in both of these divisions in the West and the East? Somebody who surprised you and you think hey, you know who? Who's your course? Max, you know who surprised
2: me the most last night? I knew. Matt Corral, I knew he could ball. There's no question about it. I love the way he throws. Got a great release. Man, uh, Lane has him going. But the thing that surprised me the most, they couldn't tackle air last year. (laughs) Ole Miss's defense, DJ Durkin, what he's done with the defense, that's massive improvement. These guys are hitting. They got some gap integrity. They're chasing the football, and they're arriving in a bad mood. I think Ole Miss, you better keep your eye on those guys. Uh, the receivers, uh, I thought they looked good. Uh, Drummond, and uh, we knew about Ely. We knew these guys can can, can make plays. Uh, Snoop Connor, uh, a running back that's physical. Boy, he's just got just enough. The offense is so quick, so fast. They make things happen. But to me, it was the defense. Uh, on the east side, you know, again, uh, when I, I think about Georgia and Florida at the top, and then after that, I'm looking at, I always look at the quarterbacks that, that are coming back. And I like Missouri's quarterback, Basilak, that's coming back. Uh, I, I just don't know if there's enough supporting cast. I, I just don't know yet. I, I got to see a little bit more.
1: Okay. Coach, what yeah, do you, you know? Mentioned- I, I tell you, I'll tell you, Coach, my, uh, I, like, I like Kentucky out of the East. I'm, I'm a big Mark Stoops guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I love Stoops. I think they're always going to be sound on defense, they're always going to be in the hunt and have a shot. It's always relying on that offense. Can he get an off? I mean, he shuffled offensive coordinators in there uh, more than a damn dealer in Vegas. Now he's got them rolling. But but he if, if he can find if he can get the stars to align there, coach, I think I think I think Stoops might be able to sneak up on somebody this year. I think you're right, and he's been so consistent, Clint. He has done a great
2: job at Kentucky. It's not an easy job, as you know, and he has been consistent. You're exactly right on defense. He's always going to have that uh, on point. But they got to get some offense, and I just don't know. You know, I'm, I'm I want to see some more.
0: Yeah. Well, what what about that West Side? The West Side is always we know it. We know it's the land of Alabama. We we know that it, it, it's the land that that Saban fertilizes uh, with coaches and everybody else. But you know, looking at Texas A and M, right? That was that was coming into this season. That was our clear cut number two, and we thought LSU would be a dark horse. But what do you make of Texas A and M? as that contender to Alabama in the West and kind of their performance. I mean, Haynes King looked good, but are are we still feeling warm and fuzzy about Texas A&M?
2: You know, Max, I'm not right now. Now, I like their defense, that front. They're tough. They're stout. And to me, they're going to have to carry the load for a while. When you lose a Kellen Mond, and Clint uh, is a great example, when you have a guy that has experience that's been there, and he's had over the, so many thousands of yards, passing, total offense. You miss that guy. Now, Haynes King is, is a guy that's athletic, and he'll get better. But the defense is going to have to buy Texas a and some time. Remember now, Kent State was in this game now. They were in the game the first half, played them, yeah. and stood in there toe-to-toe a little bit with them until at the end. But I just think the, Texas a going through a little bit of growing pains, and again, Jimbo Fisher is all proof. we know that he can coach a quarterback and, and get them going but they got a little ways to go to me and it's going to be interesting to see how much improvement they make here in the next two weeks but I really still believe the defense of Texas A&M will have to carry uh, the offense a little bit get them some turnovers get the ball back to the offense get them some short fields because uh, they got a little ways to go I love Anaya Smith I love uh, the back speller I love I love all those guys but again when you look at the quarterback you can tell hadn't been there Li- got a little bit more of little growing pains he's got to go through speed of the game and all those things he got better at the end but the game will get faster now as we go with the each week now
1: AM having to replace a quarterback and four offensive linemen and, and folks got him going 12 and oh that's a tall task right there for with, with those particular issues. Coach, I mean, we'd be remiss to have you on and not, and not ask you about what's going on up in Fayetteville this weekend, man. It's, it's Arkansas, uh, Texas. You and I got Texas, baby. Come on now. We got them. We got them one time on January 1, 2000. Y2K. We woke up. We woke up, Max. (laughs) We woke up first game in college football in the cotton bowl. And we went to whooping on some longhorn ass, baby. Uh, but, (laughs) but, But coach, you got them. You got them. I think a few times once with Matt Jones, uh, you fell short, I think, a couple of times as well. Heck of a matchup. You're an Arkansas guy through and through. You're aware of the Southwest conference days, the rivalry, all of those things, man. How big is this game? Really? I mean, for Arkansas, um, just just traditionally yes. and for the program, as well as the SEC in the future of UT coming in the yep. SEC. Clint, they only got me once, man. Just once. Okay, my bad. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Come on,
0: get it right. Put some <laughs> respect on his name.
2: <laughs> okay, Clint, I got to take y'all back. I got to take y'all back to the Southwest Conference dates. And y'all know this Daryl Roy, Frank Broyles, icons, legends. They were the captains of, of Clint Sterner's gang that week in 2000. They were the captains. And so I go back, I grew up watching Arkansas, Texas, the Earl Campbells. And the, I mean, the tradition of this thing is just awesome. And remember now the, the, the record, if you look, go back, look at history, it's lopsided towards Texas. Texas is the giant it's David versus Goliath. And that's always the way I looked at it. Uh, I love Texas tech playing Texas tech, TCU, SNU rice. But I knew as a youngster growing up, I knew when Texas was coming to town, I knew it. The whole world, the whole state of Arkansas knew it. And it was a special time. So This is going to be great. I love – the one thing I miss the most, guys, I miss the noise, the pageantry, the passion, the tailgate. I I, I just – it was so hard for me to watch a game without the noise last year. i got to have the crowd. i got to have that noise. And so this is going to be a big game. And Arkansas, this this stadium will be full. I think it will be wall-to-wall, first time in a long time because of the tradition of Arkansas versus Texas. Texas looking at Texas I tell you what they surprised me a little bit they're better than I thought especially starting at quarterback I I thought they'd be a little bit further behind Steve Sarkeesian has kind of put his his magic in there and and they look pretty good especially with Robinson at tailback it's the quarterback's best friend and so I'm just looking for Arkansas they've got to get some things cleaned up this week starting with you got to protect the punt you can't give up anything like that you can't give up a a short field give the ball away you got to take care of the most precious thing you have especially a game like this so I'm looking forward to it Clint I think this will be a rock'em sock'em I think the fans are going to play every play but it's so important that KJ Jefferson get off to a great start just take what they give you you don't have to be Superman now and don't try to force things against this Texas defense and get this thing in the fourth quarter But I'm looking forward to it because of the tradition. And going back to your game, Clint, the one thing that I love so much about your group is this was such an unbelievable week because again, going back to the Arkansas, Texas and the history of it, it was it it was just the passion that y'all played with. And so I love it. I I just think you gotta be physical and you got to bring this wood every single play, (laughs) my man. A game like this, you can't take any
0: plays
1: off.
0: So let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. Hey, listen, because I'm about to pull this helmet from behind me and put it on right now. I'm ready to go play Texas Arkansas right now. And I'm a Gator. We got USF. We got the Bulls.
2: It looks like you still got two or three series left in you.
0: Yeah, 2.2 two minute only, coach. That's all I got for you. I got for you. I got, I got I got quick pass. I got a I got a couple of short yardages. That's about it. <laughs> well, well, coach, I mean, this has been such a treat. Thank you for so much for joining Clint and I on SC Primetime. We appreciate the time. We know that you're a busy man, but thank you for stopping by. Hopefully, we can talk to you down the line one of these days. Anytime, anytime, my guys. Hey, best of luck.
1: All Coach, right. Appreciate Thank it, you. man. Love
2: you. Thanks for having
0: me. Thanks, Clint. Yeah, that was Coach Houston Nutt. We'll be back in a moment. Before we move on to giving you our lines and talking about the picks of this week for the big games in the SEC, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through the turn. For your bonus into cash money with their new rush play instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer more secure and more reliable with football season kicking off get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the rivers ios app must be 21 years or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right as promised it's that time we're going to give you our lines and thoughts about two of the biggest games in the SEC, of course, presented by our partners at Bet River Sportsbook. Clint, we got, we got two dandies. We got two dandies and coach, coach Houston nut kind of teed us up for this one, but Texas, Arkansas, Texas, of course, has given up six. The total on that is 57 points. Uh, I I think a high number, but, you know, when we break this down and we look at what to expect in this game, it's going to be ruckus. It's going to be crazy. How do you see this game shaking
1: out in your mind? What has to go right for Arkansas and what has to go right for Texas? Well, look, I, I think for, for Arkansas, the first and foremost, I think the quarterback has to play better. K.J. Jefferson has to play better uh, for four quarters, not just the second half. And within the scheme, um, not, not, you know, off, off platform, out of the pocket, Uh, making plays uh, you know outside of scheme with his feet he did that well last week but he's got to play from within the system better um, and couple that with all the runs and things of that nature but I think the biggest part of Arkansas doing that is Kendall Briles the offensive coordinator we all know who Kendall Briles is Um, he's one of the better offensive minds in the game look he's got to play to the strengths of the quarterback KJ Jefferson He's not a guy that's going to dissect defenses consistently from the pocket for four quarters. He may one day. He's not ready for that right now. He's not a guy that's going to attack down the field consistently for four quarters um, from the pocket. Again, maybe one day, not right now. His strength is basically the dual threat, power quarterback, quarterback plus one type of run game inside. They've got to get that corrected. And, Max, if they do, I love Arkansas catching six points – at home versus Texas right I think Texas is much improved I like Steve Sarkeesian I love the Sarkeesian battle versus browse battle battle and from a sense of offense's mind uh, mind and coaches I love the Arkansas Texas tradition but a six point dog at the house I gotta go with Arkansas I think they write the ship and I think they cover six points and and I like the over in that ball game right there, Max. I really do. I like the over. Did you say 57?
0: 57, yep. The I, I, like,
1: I like the over in that ball game right now because I do think they can both score points. I do think it's a tight ball game. I like Arkansas at home catching six and over 57.
0: All right. All right. Okay. There we go. Spoken by a true Razorback. We're not going to let the alumni down on that one. I just look at this and I say, this is going to be a slobber knocker. I think Coach Nutt kind of hit it on the head when he said, you know, you got to bring that wood and it's going to be a packed house, at, you know, in Arkansas. And, and they have been waiting for this. It's, it's almost like when you're sitting in the backyard and you know, they're, 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 there's those brothers across the street that kind of piss you off all the time, <laughs> you know, go knock your bike off, kick your trash cans over. And you're sitting in your yard like, come on, please step across That's the right. line. You <laughs> draw the line, just step in the yard <laughs> Please, I pray that you step across the line, and they finally are. And now we're going to see it of just a good old front yard brawl among, amongst the neighbors, right? And so I, I like I like your Razorbacks. I like them in this game. I th- I think you know what Sam Pittman is a, is accomplishing there. I think is going to fit well. And I think, like you said, Kendall browse, We we all know it's hot and cold, right? We know Kendall. He he does not keep a notebook. You know, it is definitely yeah. off the dome in a lot of senses when he's running his offense. But I think you kind of tailor it back. You you have tape to to give KJ Jefferson to kind of hone himself. I'm not really sold on Hudson Card just yet, but I do like Sarkeesian's offense. So I agree, it's going to be a tough one. Um, Max, one Max, real quick, not, jump
1: in not real... That, oh, Yeah, go ahead. Not that not that it's anything even remotely close to Florida State and Bobby Bowden. I get it. That's a whole different. That's a whole different emotion that that program felt but it, it it is something different emotionally for Arkansas right now the Texas matchup just means more for us man and i don't care what texas thinks it just means more and so when you when as we watched the florida state bobby bowden they almost knocked off number 9 at home you can't tell me that some of that wasn't they that team wasn't drawing energy from the crowd and drawing energy from the moment with Bobby Bowden's hat and his signature and his wife and all those stories, you can't tell me they weren't drawing energy from that. And so I'm not comparing Texas-Arkansas to that by any means, but there is an emotional tie to this ball game that these players will no doubt about it pull energy from Razorback Nation on game day. It's a sellout already. They're, they got some standing room only tickets. It is going to be absolutely off the charts in Fayetteville. This team. This team is going to feel that energy and that passion, and they'll play a little bit better, no doubt, brother.
0: Well, yeah, most definitely. And like you said, Texas is going to get their first taste of what the SEC life is all about. Hey, they've already been accepted. They, they got to walk through that door, and this is the first chance to see an old face, to welcome them in properly, hopefully with the beat down, and let them know that you <laughs> might be walking into the SEC, but you're going to limp back out very soon. So That's right. You know, the next game we're jumping to, we're, we're not going to go too far from the great state of Texas. We've got Texas A&M versus Colorado. This one, Texas A&M has given up 16 and a half points. The total line on this uh, point-wise is 52. Haynes King, round two. Defense for Texas A&M, round two. What do we see about them going against the Buffaloes?
1: Well, I think you're you're looking at two teams that that really haven't been challenged from a standpoint of, of their opponent, Week One. I mean, they physically were 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 more gifted. They physically um, were were just flat out better across the board than their opponent, right? I I don't know if the coaches were or were not happy with their film across the board. I would imagine that there was some some uh, some some converse, some strong tough conversations that that were had, uh, particularly with A and M on the defensive side of the football, giving up over 200 yards on the ground to an inferior opponent, quite frankly. Um, so, so I, I, think that both these, te- these teams have been, they haven't been challenged yet, but when I look at both programs, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about Colorado. I know my boy, my boy, uh, Darren Severini is up there doing his thing and I love him. Um, I wish him well, but I, I think this week, Al, I mean, uh, uh, A&M has got a lot to prove and I think they're going to tr- slowly trend in the right direction with this young quarterback. I think he's unbelievably gifted more than I thought. Um and, and so so I like AM. would you say the lines and the spread was right there? Or the total in the spread was right there, Bo?
0: So right now on Bet River Sportsbook, they got the line. Texas AM 16 and a half points. They're giving they're giving Ooh. to Colorado, and then 52 total points scored in the
1: game. Ooh, we boy. I, man, I gotta go yeah. with Colorado <laughs> catching them kind of points. And, and and again, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the over. I, I think both of these teams have the ability to strike fast. I think both of these teams have the ability to score some points, and I, I'll go with the over. I, I'm gonna take both games. Imagine that. I'm taking the dog <laughs> yeah. in both games, and I'm taking the over in both games. Right? So you can't call me a rookie.
0: Well, and, and you're a quarterback, so of course you're gonna go with points scored,
1: right?
0: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and see, and then when I look at this, I'm like, I do give sixteen and a half to Colorado, but. I don't know if they hit that 52-point threshold. I'm taking the under on that one. I'm being a little bullish because I think the defense for Texas A&M is going to work with, you know, what Colorado has shown us against. Going, of course, one of those things we always talk about: directional schools, right? You know, <laughs> you, you have to worry about a school that's, that's booking directional schools, and they played Northern Colorado and they they beat them by what, 28 points? They beat them by four Tuddies but. That, that's playing the little brother in the state, right? That's like call, calling your homeboy over like, hey, listen, I need to get ready for this Madden game. Can you just go give me a warm-up before I jump in this tournament? <laughs> that's kind of what it did. We'll pay you some money. I'm going to give you some money. You Make it worth it. Give you some Mountain Dews and some Doritos. But um, this is all I got right now. Uh, I think I think it will be a lower-scoring affair. Um, Haynes King, hopefully he feels more comfortable, like you said, you know, getting into the rhythm of what Jimbo wants him to do because he looked like a young player uh, last week. And he's going to face a little bit better competition, step up. But I think it's the right progression for him before he gets into SEC play. So there it was. You heard it from the quarterback
1: and the hey, lineman in the SEC. Well,
0: hold on, yeah, I, I got, got, I
1: got one more. Hey, Max, check it out, man. I, uh, I married a Longhorn. I, I, I'm a <laughs> hog through and through, and I married a Longhorn. So on uh, BetRivers.com, I don't know if this line is up yet. But there's an over/under on how many days this week my marriage is gonna survive before I before I have to go stay with my mom and dad or she has, or my or find me somewhere else to sleep. All right, I mean the line right now it's not a number. It's been set. It's been set at Thursday, right? If I make it to Thursday in my own bed, then I'm gonna be all right, man. But I got me a Longhorn in the house, and uh, I tell you what, it's a it's a tough ass week on my marriage, brother.
0: Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, nothing worse than a house divided, especially when you come to that. But we all know at the end of the day, as long as you say, Yes, dear, I'll get to that, dear, you should make it to Thursday. I'm taking the over on that one. Uh, I, 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 I now I'm gonna check, I'm gonna check with you on Twitter on Friday and make sure you're not at a holiday inn or something, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna take the over on that one, and and so with that. You know, those were our lines for this week. This has been SEC Prime Time. He's Clint Sterner. I'm Max Starks. Thank you for joining us. And, of course, thank our sponsors at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We'll talk to you guys next week.